0: Hi guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome back to Magic Manuscripts and Mysteries. I'm Melissa.
1: And I'm Maeve. And today we're going to talk about discourse communities specifically on TikTok. Woo! <laughs>
0: um, so I, I think you and I are, are both pretty much um, on TikTok a majority of the day.
1: <laughs> like, at least jump on once a day to see how the world's doing. See if it's mm-hmm. on fire yet. Uh, you know, just see all of my friends and book talkers that I love so much. (laughs) So
0: (laughs) when opening into this, um, I love to kind of break down the the verbiage that we're going to be using. So uh, what is a discourse community?
1: Okay, so for those of y'all who haven't studied like rhetorical theory or philosophy so much like I have or... Big, knowing it through going I think just higher education might talk about this a lot Mm -hmm. uh it's a group of people that share like similar views slash interests that have their own like terms or language that they use so like even when I say like book talk like on it's like a space on tiktok that a lot of people talk about publishing or books that come out or characters that they love from books and it can be a lot of fun to be a part of but it it does focus on some language so like book talk specifically is a good term to be like yeah it's a community because they called themselves this and it's it's a rather large community with little spaces in between Mm -hmm. and it holds a lot of power I think which is why I wanted to specifically discuss this discourse community because it's a lot of fun and it's got a ton of power over like I feel like publishing and books right now
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's super interesting to talk about discourse communities because my senior thesis in undergrad was about uh, discourse communities on Tumblr. So that kind of dates me a little bit, but it does speak to <laughs> the fact that I have been looking into discourse communities for a long time now, um, I totally forgot. online and social media.
1: Yeah, I totally forgot that you had done that. And now I'm like, oh, my gosh, yeah, I forgot how fun that was.
0: That was like a 15 page paper or more i forget about just how people speak online and how they can create insular communities mm-hmm. on this expansive worldwide web so it's super intriguing it's it's we're acting as we used to like way back when we were like in little villages
1: yes but now we do it As a way to persuade people to read books such as, and I hate myself, Ice Planet Barbarians. (laughs) Um, If none of you have heard about this book series before, I am so sorry to bring this to your attention. But basically, it's a whole book series that revolves around these women who have been kidnapped from Earth and... uh, as an escape, they crash a uh, UFO type thing onto a different planet, which they call Not Hoth, which is a callback to Star Wars, um, where they meet these aliens there that are oh so friendly and willing to be, you know. Friendly in many ways. And a lot of people on book Talk became kind of obsessed with this series. And I remember us and our friend group. Um, I think I sent this
0: to you guys and I was like, yes. hey, heads up. This is a thing. I haven't read it, so I can't speak to if it's any good. But people are going crazy about this book series.
1: And then I think all of us read a little bit as like a joke. We were like, ha, ha ha ha, let's read this. And I'm like, at least for me, I think I'm five or six books in. And I'll probably go back for like some more. Uh, but I think like all- you, Catherine, and mm-hmm. Melinda all mm-hmm. read it.
0: And I was over here like, I'm, I'm not going to read this. But like, have fun, you guys.
1: Yeah, we were sharing things. We were like, uh, did you guys read this point yet? Or, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm enjoying this way too much. It's just, it's. It's just a fun read, and I see why it became such a big, like, thing on Book Talk. I also physically own several of the books now and the new covers, and then I gotta say the new covers, gorgeous. Very suspicious of what you're reading, but gorgeous. But I just thought that was, like, really interesting of being, like, this book that no one knew would ever blow up became so extremely popular because of Book Talk just sharing it and i feel like all of us together were unified in the fact that we were like i shouldn't like this but i love it
0: there i think there are three really Mm -hmm. big series um that kind of became big because there were previous fans and then those previous fans got other fans on book talk to fall in love um so that next one i want to talk about is zodiac academy where i haven't read it yet.
1: Neither have I. I, I. I want to read it, but at the same time, I've seen such mixed reviews of people being like, I want my life back after reading the books. Yeah. <laughs> While others are like, this destroyed me. Just my whole soul has been wrecked. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know if I'll love this or I'll hate this. And I don't know if I'm ready for that.
0: Yeah. It seems like reviews are very polarizing. Even on, um, I'm on, on Bookstagram. And so a lot of people on there, they don't necessarily correlate to book Talk. Yeah. Um So I find, like, if books are being talked about on Book Talk, they might come over to Bookstagram about, like, two weeks later. And that's kind of, like, that seems to be, like, the trend. But now, not so much. That was, like, more 2000, er, 2020 and 2021. But I have started seeing people read Zodiac Academy on Bookstagram and then not reviewing it because I think they either didn't like it or stopped reading it. Hmm. Um, Whereas on Book Talk, everyone was talking about this book series.
1: Yeah, I do find that interesting that like everything's like two or three weeks behind.
0: And that's that's I mean that's part of the discourse community. I mean you yeah. have Book Talk, and just because on on Instagram they're talking about books doesn't mean that those two communities are going to speak to each other at the same way.
1: That is true. I feel like they're very different vibes. I feel like uh, Book Talk is very chaotic. Uh, especially in different areas of book talk, we are chaotic gremlins seeking some sort of positive dopamine in our lives, <laughs> and I feel like Instagram is kind of a more—I want to say like professional tone mm-hmm. than TikTok is. Yeah,
0: for someone like me who who works on both apps in order to create a community for my my account, which is the Written Adventure. I find that Bookstagram is very much, you're right, it is more of a professional mm-hmm. setting, but a lot of the readers are a lot older. Hmm. So my my group that I kind of have essentially grown up with with Bookstagram are in their 30s or like early 40s. Um, I'm one of the younger ones on Bookstagram, whereas oh, wow. Talk is more, um, I'd say like teenagers early 20s is kind of where they're sitting.
1: Yeah, I feel like that. It's definitely in that area because I feel like when I look at people who are, like, looking at TikToks via Instagram, they're kind of the older generation. Not mm-hmm. to say that they're, like, out of touch or anything. Uh, just, like, it seems like TikTok has definitely been taken over by, like, Gen Zs and young millennials. Yeah.
0: Definitely. And then the last one we want to talk about
1: was Acatar Okay. A Court of Thorns and Roses. Oh, my goodness. This is my jam. This is everything that I love in my life, mostly because like I like to give some background, I was extremely depressed when reading this series for the first time. And I connected really well with like the characters, specifically like Feyre, who a lot of people now are like, isn't their main problem with her is that they say she's annoying. And I'm like, she's an early young adult. She gets to be annoying. Okay. Some of us don't have developed brains yet. Uh, but I loved it, and I think that the Acotar family family on like TikTok and everything, uh, like, is kind of where a lot of people I think get introduced to book talk. And like different areas mm-hmm. of book talk like there's smut talk which is like ice planet barbarians and I think Zodiac Academy from what I yeah. can tell. And then there's retellings like Beauty and the Beast and Hades and Persephone that we see a lot of on there uh, which then also can kind of feed into smut talk with like neon gods. Mm-hmm. Uh and then fantasy talk, which is beautiful because it contains like people frolicking and it was gorgeous, reading old books. And then like, of course, cosplaying the characters, which I think is so much fun because you get to see kind of like what your favorite characters could look like in like the real world, which I love. But I feel like, yeah, Acatar might be the starting point for a lot of people in book talk. Which is both fantastic and I feel like extremely polarizing in the community.
0: Yeah, I think I read the first book in the series, like, Mm -hmm. back in 2018. And I remember being like, oh, like, it's okay. Um, I felt like it was very much like three distinct points in the parts of the book. So it's like, when we're in the village with her before she goes to the kingdom when she's in the kingdom, and then kind of spoiler, like the trials that she goes through at the end, those all felt like three different books to me. Mm. And so I wasn't a fan. And then because when I when I read books, I'm it's very hard to separate the editor side of me from like the enjoying reading side of me.
1: Yeah, which is, Um, I think normal.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because like I, I mean, I work as associate editor (laughs) like (laughs) part of my job is to correct authors not correct them to edit them to make them look better to make the books like flow seamlessly that is part of my job and so even when i'm reading for fun that still kind of seeps in in the back of my head and i kind of find myself going what could i do to make this better
1: yeah i can see that but
0: and i did end up reading um the second book recently like i think in 2021 Mm -hmm. um and i was like "Ooh." I think, which is, this is very rare, but I think her sophomore book, which is, like, your second book, is yeah. better than her debut.
1: I have to agree. I think, like, the first book in Akatar is, like, a nice little intro, but it really picks up mid-book uh, and instead of, like, at the beginning. Like, you, you have to get into it a little ways uh, mm-hmm. to really vibe with it more but the second book is where my heart was just done I was sold uh I loved it I like I really fell in love with the characters and the setting everything like I don't wish that 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 book had been like the first book though because I still see the value of the first book it's like a the first book is like a prequel to everything you need to know that happens in the next two books well uh it's not my favorite
0: (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say what i really love is when authors can put in tiny bits and pieces Mm -hmm. in the first book that like is unnoticeable to the reader until the second book when she like when an author will layer on top of a second book and point to specific moments that seemed very um you know just small details and then you can point to the book in the second the part in the second book and be like oh, that is because this happened and they're doing a callback to this. And like Mm -hmm. when you're able to kind of piece together puzzles like that in a a layering fashion, I love that shit. Like that is my favorite part.
1: And I feel like SJM in that book series, the further you get in, the more she's like, and call back to the first book, or and call back to this scene. And I'm like, I forgot everything about this. Now I have to remember it, mm-hmm. and I'm freaking out because this is a plot twist. I'm not okay. Uh, and I think she does that really well later on in the series of calling back to that area. But that is a lot of Akatar talk today uh, for people. But it is... Yeah. <laughs> definitely a book that I book series I completely suggest uh but I will not get on you if you don't like it you don't have to love it I just know that personally it's one of my favorite series got me through a really dark time but I I just I uh, love Feyre I love her to death she's really stupid sometimes but she's really headstrong and tries to do the best she can and I appreciate that in a person but love that and I I feel like Akatara is definitely the beginning of book talk in some ways because it is a huge fandom. It's giant. It's definitely the low launching off part. Um yeah,
0: for the community, I would say. And who yeah. knows, maybe in 5 years because discourse communities do adjust and change with the times. Maybe mm-hmm. it's going to be a different book and that's going to be like the revolving around.
1: It makes my heart sad, but you're probably right. Like I think, I think at one point people are going to get overwhelmed too much. I think they already are. <laughs> They're kind of done with our fandom at this point, which valid. Uh, we're very loud uh, in what we love. But I think with that, like maybe transitioning to the idea of like book talk is very unique and very interesting, but it also can be a place that doesn't serve you as an author a little bit. Like you can end up getting canceled if you do the wrong thing on there.
0: Yeah, I wanted to talk about in particular um, this this book called Light Lark, and I think only I'm not really on Book Talk, but like once in a while I'll I'll get like videos from Book Talk, and I remember everything was like honky dory, everything's cool, everything's like going well, and then I started seeing people stitch videos of this other author, and her name is Alex Aster. Alex Aster, Aster I think yeah yeah Aster and I guess she was a book talker. And she, like, r- talked about writing her book and, like, that process. And it's, like, a deadly game where there are six different realms. Um, it kind- so it's kind of like Hunger Games. Yeah. Um, and so she was talking about how she made her first book deal, like, traditionally. And then the next thing you know, it's, like, a movie coming out. And it was sold into, like, 17 different languages. Um, and which is like a big deal for, uh, an indie author, like even working in publishing now, like you can get films optioned like every day, no problem. The issue then is like actually getting the actors and actresses, getting the producer, getting the director, getting the funding for it. Like that's a whole thing. So it can take a long time for that to happen, but this was seeming to happen like very fast, like very rapid. And even the, the languages, like usually you can get a couple foreign deals, like for a bigger house, that's, that's pretty normal. But in this case, it was happening like at a very rapid speed. uh, And people started questioning that and kind of being like, Oh, that's, that's weird. Like, you know, this author seems to say that she's, she has no connections, like she's doing it by herself, um, and her publisher like against the world. uh, And they started digging a little bit deeper, and it seemed like some things might not be um, connecting to what she was saying. And when advanced copies of the book started going out, she had said that there were certain scenes that she was promoting on her TikTok. And you know those those scenes where it's like an author is trying to get you to read it if it's like spicy and they kind of give you that scene so that you read the rest of the book. Yep. Um, been there. <laughs> yeah, she was doing that and which is a great marketing tool and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But mm-hmm. she was doing that and then people were reading the advanced copies of the books. And then came back and were like, hey, those scenes that you're talking about don't exist. Ooh. And then I think she made some sort of like comment or apology and was like, oh, they're coming in the finished book. They're not in the advanced copy. Which, <laughs> for someone who <laughs> works in publishing, that means that they were never supposed to be a part of the book. And she, because she got like called out for it, she had to put it back in. So when you have advanced copies of books, these are usually either eBooks or um, paper bound, like trade paperbacks with a sticker on the front that said like advanced readers copies, like not for sale. These are sent to trade reviews, they're sent to librarians, they're sent to reviewers. And normally what you have in there is a first pass, which is a typeset document with all of your pages um, and all of the, the book. Normally when it's at that stage, you're about six to nine months before it goes on sale. Oh, With wow. that being said, normally advanced copies are pretty close to the actual like finished product. The only changes you would make are uh, if there are typos and if there are misspellings um, or if there's like weird formatting issues, you could change all of that. Traditionally, you would not add in whole scenes that have not been part of the advanced copy at that point.
1: Yeah because from what you're saying it's it's done. It's basically done. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, are there are there points in time where an author has been like I want to rush this scene into this book where we already have advanced galleys like can we reflow the typeset and and add this in? Of course there are. There's always going to be exceptions to the rules. Yeah. But usually when you have galleys, that means you are pretty much finished.
1: Yeah, that just seems very sus. I don't like that. This is like very, yeah. um. it seems clickbaity for books. Mm, yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, 100%. And that's, that's part of the reason like we'll be talking about this later is when you do like those, usually it's like text on a screen and it tells yep. you like the scene exactly like word for word. And then it's like find out more in this book available like wherever it is. A yep. lot of authors do that. And it's great marketing. It is amazing marketing for that. But, but like,
1: you have to have it in the book in order right. for it
0: to work. And a lot of her, so I, I looked up, as of today, her Goodreads reviews um, are 3.25 stars. Holy <laughs> yikes. Which is, like, a three-star book is perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. It's okay. But the issue is that... Uh, when I was looking at it a couple months ago, I think it was, like, in July her arcs came out, it was hovering at, like, a 2 star or a 2.5
1: star. Okay, so someone gave her a
0: 0.5. Yeah, so she so. did She did kind of come up in reviews. I think a lot of people were trying to even it out because so many people were rating it so lowly before.
1: Yeah, which, like, I just don't like the fact that she went on there and was like, look at all these places in the book that's going to have this in there and then was like jk never mind it's not there mm-hmm. or i'm gonna add it later like very clickbaity i wouldn't trust that that book would be good then just yeah. because the lying i'm just yeah don't do that like yeah so work... that's oh i was just supposed to be like your work should speak for itself if people are gonna like it they're gonna like it but just no don't do that
0: <laughs> but that's that's a case of where, um, because she was so involved on book talk, um, viewers took it really personally when she, mm-hmm. quote, allegedly like gave them things that weren't in the actual, I mean granted, it's an advanced review copy. so like not everything is final. And there is a section that does say reviews, like th- please um, review this against the finished copy because the finished copy is a finished copy and this is an advanced copy. So take it with a grain of salt, but reviewers did feel like they had been lied to. And so because mm-hmm. of that, they did try to cancel this author.
1: Yeah, it's so book talk, great place to market, apparently, but do it so honestly.
0: Yeah, I would Don't say be, be very genuine mm-hmm. with your interactions and, and make sure that if you are pointing to a specific scene in your book, that it actually is in the finished book.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think, like, it, it's a great place to market. We were talking about this a little bit earlier of, like, I guess it's a fun place to market it if you're indie, but if, according to you, from, like, a publishing standpoint, it might not be so great for, like, publishers. I don't so, know.
0: yeah, so I think independent authors, which are authors that do not have a traditional publisher behind them, so normally they will publish on, like, Amazon, um, for them, a lot of the hard work that they have to put into their book is the marketing, whereas a traditional author has a marketing team supporting them. Yeah. Um, so authors on BookTok can uh, use BookTok as a way to market their book for them. Because um, if you get one viral TikTok, that could make like a lot of sales. Yeah. I will say that TikTok for authors can burn hot and bright. Which means, like, you would need one viral TikTok and that could really go off for you. But there's no proof that then that next TikTok is going to do as well. So it's hard to achieve that level of success that you're seeing. But as a public, from the publisher side of things, like a traditional publication, it can be. We see a lot of publishers, I would say, are a little bit set in their ways. So the marketing team on their side of things knows exactly like who to pitch books to, whether that's uh, publications or trade reviewers, or they have connections with, with independent bookstores or um, you know different online uh, retailers. So when it comes to social media, and this is still a case in Instagram, they know that social media can sell books, but there's no way to really kind of target. Um, how many books like a bookstagrammer or a TikToker could sell? And I think that publishers aren't able to pivot as easily as independent authors can um, when it comes to trends. Um, because whereas there there is a whole team uh, of like internal checks and balances for a marketing team, the independent author just has themselves. So if yeah. they see a trend, they can just be like, I am going to go film that in five minutes, put it up there, and it's going to hit. A really high count because I'm one of the first people on this sound. That's a trending sound, mm-hmm. and it could go. It could launch. Yeah. So it's it's hard on the publisher side of things to see where exactly how many sales can be correlated to TikTok. Um, I think we're just scratching the surface of it. And actually, I think Penguin Random House just started making this like collection essentially of TikTok so that you can like look up a book. And then all those books or that book that you're looking up, it can show all of the TikTok someone has made about it.
1: Okay, and that's, that's
0: fun. That's a relatively like, as of like last week, two weeks ago, that's new.
1: I like that. That's a cool idea.
0: Yeah. So I think we're, we're just starting to pick up on like, this can be a really key selling point for people. Um, but it took us two years to get there. Whereas yeah. independent authors have been doing this for two years and doing really well on it.
1: Yeah. I think it it's a good idea of showing like people want a community. Like they, if you love a book, like personally, if I love a book, I want to share it with other people, which is why I always suggest books to my friends. Uh, and they suggest things to me because we want to have that that discourse community right we want to be able to talk with one another about these books and so like having the ability on TikTok like with that penguin house thing that is going to connect people a lot to these books get them not just to read but also to talk about them Mm -hmm. which I guess like can go into the next thing that I kind of wanted to discuss a little bit which was like how we treat each other on there, which, like, we've talked positive for new authors. The indie authors, some of them are doing really, really well. They can hop on, use the new trends to get them boosted in people's feeds and stuff like that, which is always great. I also love it for the fact that you can see people making, like, these videos of, like, what would this character do in this situation? Or, like, making merch for these, like, Characters like I love the Percy Jackson book talk because a lot of people come out dressed as like Annabeth or Percy, Mm -hmm. and it's like, oh my gosh, I grew up with these characters, and people are now talking about them and what they would do at like Camp Half Blood, which I love. Or, like, there's some people who look like a character and then they become big because they like cosplay as that character. I feel like there's such positivity around that like at least that's what i see
0: <laughs> yeah i think there's this one book talker who again i'm not super on book talk um i find that i'm more on like the witchy side of things when it comes to tiktok <laughs> but there is that like tamlin looking guy who comes <gasps> up occasionally oh um, my gosh the guy from ireland yes oh i have no clue i don't know his name <laughs> he just comes up on my for you page like every once in a while and i'm just like he's got like really long golden hair and I'm just like he looks like how Tamlin would look cool swipe like keep on (laughs) keep on going down my for you page um
1: see I I like him a lot as a tiktoker like he's pretty hilarious like he has some bits that are funny and not book talk related but he does look like what I envisioned Tamlin as. And um, for those of you who don't know that uh, character, he's from Akatar, of course. Uh, <laughs> he's like one of the f- like first main characters that you kind of meet in the book series. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of people saw this guy and they were like, Tamlin? And then he started cosplaying as Tamlin. And I was just like, I am conflicted on how I feel about you. Because I love, I love this TikToker. He's fantastic. And I think he's a good idea of showing the positivity of book talk and being like, we got this grown man to dress up as a character from our favorite series. And he's read the books from what I can tell. And so I just, I absolutely love that we influence these people to read these books and also love these characters that we care about so much. I just think that's very fun. (laughs) But though there is positivity, there is also negativity. I feel like, especially if you're already, like, one of those big name authors, TikTok is not going to be your friend. Like, BookTok loves the indie writers from what I can tell. And, like, talking about the publishing aspect of it, like, I just feel like the indie writers get a lot more props on TikTok than, like, the major authors do. And even then, like, I see a lot of toxicity within, like, the Akitar community if you don't like a character. like Personally, I don't like Tamlin all that much. Shoot me. I think he's not the greatest. I can still be kind to people who like him. It's okay. But there are some people who will go after you if you don't like him. Or if it's the other way around. And I'm like, it is a book series. Calm down. Granted, if anybody comes after my main girl, Nesta, I'll throw hands. <laughs> <laughs> I She's also part of Akatar, but Nesta is my favorite character in the entire series. I relate to her a lot more than I relate to most of the people other than Feyre. But it's so toxic. And it's so bad when people go on and decide to be negative on these TikToks. Uh But also, like, SJM, the author, is a huge author. She's published a whole other series. She's started with her third series. And so she's gotten a lot of hype. And I just think if she were to come on TikTok, a lot of people would just go after her. Like, they went after Victoria Aveyard, which we were discussing a little bit earlier. But she said something around the lines of not using certain things in her book to carry the plot. But she said it in a way that was kind of uh, judgmental towards people who have used that in their books. As like someone who read her books in high school and waited every single year for when they came out, I could look at it and go, you know, you should have worded that better. I do kind of agree with what you're saying, but you should have worded that better. But I'm not going to like jump on the hate wagon. She got ripped to shreds on TikTok I was just like dang guys she said something wrong she missed like she she had a point she just misworded things like I think I sent you the TikTok right Mm-hmm. I think so yeah I think I, I
0: I'm like I, I get what she's trying to like what she's yeah. trying to say um but the way in which she worded it was incorrect but at the end of the day it is Victoria Aviard like Yes. She's not some JK Rowling type author who is trying nope. to tear other women or people who identify as women down.
1: Yeah, she was actually trying to make a point that was intended to be more feminist, mm-hmm. but then because she worded it so poorly, not so, yeah, so poorly, uh it looked as though she was hating on other authors and then everyone just exploded. So it's like what we talked about with Lightlark, you got to really watch what you're saying on TikTok because it could either have the positive movement for like a lot of these indie authors. They can make you read five books in Ice Planet Barbarians or they can give you a 2.5 star on Goodreads. So it's very much hit or miss. The algorithm is, I don't even know, a mess sometimes. No one knows how it works, just that it calls you out on the worst things. Uh, So it can be fairly negative, but it has also been very positive. I just don't think it's good for people who are already established authors to go on, unless you're Rick Riordan. If you're Rick Riordan, you are welcome on TikTok. We love you. We love you so much, you non-problematic man. So far, so far.
0: Uh, (laughs) I think this goes back to, like, indie authors have the ability to, you know, promote their books without any marketing team behind them. And they can get as big as they put their work towards. So if they work a lot on TikTok and their their views go up, they're going to get readers. But when it comes to a, a bigger author who might have been traditionally published... They have that backing because their marketing team gave them that, that backing. So in the case of Victoria Aviard, she has all of these readers because she has such a large marketing spend, I assume. I, I don't. I was never on her team. I wouldn't know that. But I'm assuming that's what happened. And so mm-hmm. when you have a big author who has probably millions of, of fans and viewers and she says something and she trips up on her wording or she words something poorly her fans might be agreeing with her, but when they go and share that, that boosts that video up in the algorithm, and then other people on BookTok who are not her original viewers and original followers can come in and see that video and take it maybe out of context, or they might take it and punish her for saying things poorly. And, like, for someone who always trips over her own words. And I'm sure you guys have noticed this as I've been talking throughout the couple of episodes that we've had. I have a hard time sometimes parceling together my thoughts. And I'm always very cognizant of the fact of, like, making sure I'm saying the right thing. And I can imagine just the utter horror on her face as she's getting all these comments and being like, I thought what I said was okay because it came from a place of, um, let's not use this one thing as a way to essentially give a character some flavor.
1: Yeah. And I just, if you want to look it up, you can look it up. I'm not going to bring it up of what the thing is, but I completely agree. Like I, babble i have a mouth that just could go for hours and i don't think out what i say sometimes and yeah it gets me in trouble it has since day one of my life gotten me in lots of trouble i've had to learn how to use a filter uh sometimes it disappears uh but i just i can't imagine like her just being like, I tried to do something good and then it came back and bit me in the butt because I worded something incorrectly, especially as an author. <laughs>
0: like When words are your bread and butter.
1: And you're like, I messed up. I'm so sorry. Like, and I personally love her books. I think her books are really great. I enjoyed the story. I loved her characters. Like, I waited with my friend for those books to come out. And then we read them as fast as humanly possible to talk about the books because they were so good. But one TikTok, one poorly worded TikTok can just have people who've never read your books before hate on you.
0: (laughs) And I mean, at the end of the day, um, when it comes to canceling authors, at the end of the day, you know, they're still going to keep writing and they're still going to have fans. So it's not... Like, the people that think about this are gonna, it's it's not, just not to bring her up again and again and again, but it's not a J.K. Rowling type. No, yeah. Like, this is gonna pass, she's still gonna have fans who read her books, and it'll blow over.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think if people actually take the time to understand where she's coming from, I I don't think they would have jumped to hating on her as much. Yeah, but I I feel like because TikTok is such a fast place, like, uh, social media platform, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, it's so easy to get caught up and go zoom zoom. I'm gonna make a response to this because I disagree, which I think adds to both the positives and the negatives. Because you could see something that's super positive of like promoting a book that's for LGBTQ plus people to read. That's like very much just really cute and adorable like heart stopper. that's a very adorable read I own it and it's I love it so much uh but then you can have the opposite where people misunderstand what you're saying mm-hmm. so it's it's both positive and negative which I feel like is a lot of social media
0: <laughs> yeah for sure
1: I think that's like everything you can really talk about for like book talk type stuff I would be intrigued to see like what other people get on their book talk feeds like maybe Akatar hasn't been seen on anybody's feeds and I'm just unique and you're just unique and it maybe it's just a big thing in America that would be interesting like I know we have some viewers from overseas shout out to the
0: two viewers in Germany
1: (laughs) I love you guys thank you so much for listening I'm like supposed to be hitting up Germany sometime soon and going back over there since I have family over there Uh, so I love you very much thank you so much for listening I'm so happy you're here Uh, (laughs) but yeah it would be so interesting to hear like even like about German TikTok if your like version of book talk is different so you Mm -hmm. guys can definitely reach out and email us and tell us what it it looks like. That would be so much fun.
0: (laughs) Yeah. um, And as always, you can email us at mysteries at gmail.com. And I guess this is us signing off. So (laughs) our (laughs) intro and outro music are Forest Lullaby by artist LSFM. Thank you to Nick for editing this podcast. We'd love if you could rate us five stars on Spotify or Apple Podcasts wherever you're listening. It really helps us as we talk about as a social media platform to um, uncover our discoverability and promotes us in that algorithm that we're always trying to attain. And if you want to talk about more discourse communities, follow us on social media, magic manuscripts and mysteries on Instagram and MM and M 2022 on Twitter. And then um, I don't think we'll really have much research on this episode, but if we do, our show notes are always at magic Yeah. And if
1: you guys want to like, put questions or anything on, on any of our like, uh, Instagram photos or anything like that to talk with us, we are welcome to like talk to you there as well. If you don't want to email us, <laughs> <That's> uh, <laughs> but thanks so much guys. Uh, our next episode is mysteries and we are going to be talking about Jack the Ripper. Uh, one of my favorite topics i i think i really need to figure out why that is uh and maybe it might be concerning but i love it so much and i'm so excited to share all of my theories with you and too much information on jack the ripper but thank you so much again and we'll see you in the next one bye guys bye